defense goes next level. Two words, quarterback sack. David Nixus, Nixus. David Nixon joins us live. How does BYU stay aggressive but limit penalties and also the pressure to deal with a quest for perfection? You did not. Part two? Plus, breaking news (laughs) for BYU basketball commit Nick Emery and has the sellout era in college football ended? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts... Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. You know what? Let's go with some breaking news right off the top. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU and UMass have scheduled a home-and-home series. Here are the details. A four-game football series beginning in 2016. I haven't heard this till right this second. So the the Cougars and Minutemen are scheduled to meet at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo in October 8th, 2016, and November 18th, 2017. So back-to-back years in Provo. Then games three and four of the series, 2018, November 10th, and 2019, November 3rd, in Gillette Stadium. Home of the Patriots. In Foxborough, Massachusetts. Very nice. So BYU scheduling more games in an NFL stadium. BYU already has games scheduled at the University of Phoenix Stadium against Arizona. FedEx Field against West Virginia. And FedEx Field against West Virginia. Now Gillette Stadium. So 2016 and 17 in Provo against UMass. And then 2018 and 19 in Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. A four-game series with Massachusetts. Massachusetts, not the strongest of football powers, right? But it's a different kind of game. It's in a different region. It's... uh, I, great. I like it. It takes the football product game. to a new yeah. part of BYU Sports Nation. Fantastic. I don't, honestly, I don't even know what UMass football situation is. Let's find out right now. <laughs> what, like, are they, are they FBS? I don't even know. Like, what? This are is the beauty of having a F- live show. Are they FCS? They're FCS. Right? I think that they Anybody? just, they, but they jumped up. Didn't they jump up? I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. They're in the oh, mid-American. The yes, yeah, they're, they're division Hashtag Maction? Maction, bro. UMass will become an independent football team in 2016. Oh, they know what's up. Uh-huh, okay. Oh, they're like, oh, we so need there's, games. There's uh, the scheduling agreement right there. Yeah. Okay. Independent. Welcome to the Independent right. Football Conference. All UMass <laughs> fans, we will ship you the brand new stickers. Hey, so yesterday at Big D Dan 11 says, hey, you've joked about an FBS independent sticker. Logo. And uh, he sent me a link to one. There's one on collegepressbox.com. There's a logo. <laughs> so I asked art director BYU. I've yet to hear about this. I think he thought it was a joke. I want a sticker made. I will totally put it on my car. No, well, I asked him for a logo made originally. The logo's made. The logo's made. <laughs> UMass. What a start to Wednesday, September 24th on BYU Sports Nation. little breaking news, scheduling announcement. My name is Spencer Linton. Check that. Spender Linton. According to the volleyball game notes yesterday, uh, and I am yeah, paired up awesome. with the next host of Family Feud, Jerem Jordan. I'd rather do Sports Jeopardy. I just started sampling the uh, first episode with Dan Patrick. Huge fan of Dan Patrick. Love that podcast. Taysom Hill on the Dan Patrick Show today, by the way. Uh, compelling interview there. I I actually liked it. Spender. Yeah, Spender. <laughs> Sorry, back to you. My bad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's okay. back to you is a funny phrase to me too. And back was, to you. What? Why doesn't anyone say back to me? I have no idea. Spender and Jerome 
We, that got all sorts of traction thanks, on thanks, Twitter Broco. yesterday. Okay. <laughs> and at the game on Saturday, I, now more people are yelling at me, Spender! Oh, that's great. And it started with you on the radio. Who? It was an honest mistake two days in a row. Well, I th- yeah. You called me Spender because, twice in a row. Because I called you that off air in reference to Ender's game. Yeah. Ender Wiggins. I was like, Spender Wiggins, what's up? So for the fact that that shows up on a volleyball game notes is really funny. Hashtag blessed. We love you, Royce Hinton. Join our conversation 24-7 <laughs> call out? using the hashtag BYUSN <laughs> with today's Twitter question. Who will lead BYU in sacks this year? Fua slash Kafusi? Combined, or the field, the rest of the team. Hmm. Right now, it's four sacks for those two versus three from the rest of the team. It wasn't close last year. No. Van Noy uh, Fua was seven, and then the rest of the team was 17. But this year, Fua and Kafusi combined are leading the rest of the field. Mark Durant one time. Cal Fusi? More like Bear Fusi. Oh, at Brad Robbins, Fua is a beast, but Kafusi will lead once healthy. He's a mountain of a man that simply cannot be tamed or stopped. I know, Brad. Brad, the question was Fua-Kafusi combo or the field. So it would be Fua-Kafusi because he thinks Kafusi will lead. But... Cal Fua is one person. Bear Fusi. Cal Fua, the combo name. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. The best pass defense is a pass rush. Virginia head coach Mike London said those exact words to us on BYU Sports Nation last week. Why has Virginia's defense been so good? Well, we can figure it out pretty easily. An excellent pass rush to the tune of 14 quarterback sacks in four games. It was a very good Saturday. BYU scored 41 points in 19 minutes. That's true. Special teams. So BYU plays. would have scored 82 points in 40 Who in knows? 38 minutes. Who knows? It's a straightforward concept. So yeah, that that tells you something about BYU. They put up 41 in 19 minutes on a very good defense. So that you can read into it that way. It's really hard to do. The quarterback sack machine, considering that teams now in the modern college football era get rid of the ball so fast. It just, the ball is being delivered way quicker than it had in the past. Yes, but you still need to get sacks. It's an issue that BYU has struggled getting sacks the last two games, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. That's Blossom reference. Remember that? Joey. 111. Joey Lawrence. There have been 111 passes thrown against BYU in the last two games. Zero sacks for the Cougars. Mm. No bueno. Listen, I understand that there's other means of quantifying pressure. But sacks are drive killers. It's hard to convert when you get a sack. Morale busters. Yes. Drive yes. killers. It's Momentum changes. It's one of the best things you can do on D. Obviously, a turnover, you know, a safety is tremendous. We've seen that from BYU. More sacks would be better for the Cougars. In fact, BYU had, what, seven the first two weeks, four against Connecticut, three against Texas. By the way, two of those against Connecticut from Bear Fusi, and then zero the last <laughs> two games, as I mentioned. BYU 4-0, ranked number 20, have not lost despite not getting to the quarterback over the last two games. Yeah. But Bronco Mendenhall understands what his team needs to do and has referenced it. He straight up said, we need to get to the quarterback more. Straight up. We're not hitting the quarterback frequently enough, nor are we making plays on the ball downfield in critical moments. So the combination of those two things allowed um, Virginia to keep the ball or stay in the game. 
by definition, BYU hasn't been bad in the pass rush per se, which is why defensive coordinator Nick Howell defended it after the game on Saturday. You know, we've knocked two quarterbacks out of game, so I wouldn't say that we've had bad pass rush, but... You know, we've had to blitz to get home, to, to make the ball come out on time. Our four-man rush needs improvement, so it, we, we have to improve it. We have to improve the coverage, and we have to improve getting there with four guys. To be fair, BYU did have seven quarterback hurries against Virginia on Saturday. That's a lot. BYU had five in the previous three games, and then they go seven. It led... And knock Lambert out of the... Out of the game. Yeah. Ankle injury, but not The hurries out. led to the interception that Rob Daniel had. Yes. And nearly Del another Lovett. one by Jeremiah Leutaduyer. Okay? So the pass rush was effective. They just want to put the quarterback on the ground. Yeah, I want negative yards associated with that. You know what? You, you can get turnovers. You know, when a sack in the end zone or attack for loss is a safety. You know, Zach Stout did that against Houston. But you need some sacks. I'm not asking for a lot. Just a couple. Per game. And that, you've seen it in second halves. Nick Howell is dialing up the pressure more as the game goes on. BYU looks like they're going a little more base uh, at the start of the game, and then they ratchet it up. They're feeling it out. Yes. You know what? Good football teams are able to make adjustments on the fly and then win football games. Yeah. And BYU made great adjustments. That first half, it looked like Virginia might win the game, right? Then the second half, BYU played really well. We've talked about penalties and the impact that it had on the game, but I thought that BYU got enough pressure on the quarterback. They can, they can do a little bit better, and they've acknowledged that. No sacks, but the pressure was there. Blaine Fowler feels just fine with what BYU did on Saturday. So sometimes we focus too much on that they're not getting sacks. What we really need to look at is are they getting pressures? Would it be nice to get a couple? Yeah, it would be nice to get a couple, but I'm not worried about that. As long as I'm seeing consistent pressure, I'm seeing that quarterback get hit on a regular yeah, basis. And- we're talking about BYU going next level. That's Have yes. they been Hashtag good enough thus level. far? Yes, they've been good enough. Next level! But let's get to the next level. Momentum changes on the field after a quarterback sack. And in the stands, the quarterback all of a sudden starts to think a little bit more. Hesitates. Oh, am I going to get hit from the weak side? When you hit the quarterback hard and sack him, it changes the entire mentality of the offense and the guy that's taking the snap every single play. Massachusetts is uh, naming a bunch of other games as we speak, too. Troy, Army. Schedule-palooza. Schedule yeah. Do you think Tom Homo calls the UMass AD and goes, hey, here's, here's some numbers. Here's some context, dude. You need some help. Independent Conference Alliance right yeah. there. Here's the good news for BYU. Bronson Kafusi is back for Utah State. Yes. How big an impact will he have? That's the question. I I think that he'll get a sack against Utah State, at least one. And I think that Bronson Kafusi opens it up for other people. BYU did not move Bronson Kafusi to linebacker to cover guys in space. It was to have the flexibility with the guys they saw coming back from missions and Tui Loma and Graham Rowley and other guys say, hey, we got enough D linemen. We've got uh, some linebackers, three starters we've got to replace. We can always put you as a down lineman. We can always just blitz you. We can play nickel and you can be one of the D linemen. It's fine. He's very versatile for BYU. I think he has at least sack, and that BYU gets at least another sack, at least two against Utah State. Here's After the, here's the, the other two. thing we need to remember. BYU has lost two elite pass rushers in the previous two seasons, Ziggy Anza and Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. They were difference you, makers. Absolutely. You don't just replace those Kyle guys. Kyle Van Noy only had three sacks last year. Maybe it was four. But four. how many tackles for loss? But t- 17 and a half. <laughs> I mean, he was in the backfield. It was crazy. So you're right. Yeah, th- those are two big losses. Two top two round draft picks. 
Our Twitter question today, who will lead BYU in sacks this year? The combination of Fua and Kafusi or the rest of the team? It's Twitter time. It's Cal Fua. It's Bear Fusi. <laughs> Bear Fusi. At, at Heath Wads. Fua and Kafusi will draw a lot of attention. That said, I don't think you can stop both. Cal Fua for the win. Yeah, Cal Fua. There it is. The combo name. Yeah, I, I like the combo name. <laughs> UMass also announcing with Hawaii. They're going crazy. This is fun to watch on Twitter. Uh, I like at FBS or FB schedules. schedules. Yeah. They keep us in the know. Uh, we should mention Nick Emery uh, tweeted today. It's official. I'll be heading back to Germany to finish my mission. Thank you for all your prayers and support. That's great. We didn't think he'd end up going back to Germany. The surgeries went really well from what we've been told. Getting, and he's, got circulation yeah. again. and So... Fantastic news for Nick Emery, headed back to Germany. Uh, and you know what? I have to think that he's very, very happy about that because it, when missionaries come home from foreign countries, it's... Normally you don't go back. Yeah, that's tough to do. We're not sure if that affects his timing. Is he getting back later? Is the time he spent here not count for the two years? We're not sure. But he'll, he'll be back in time to play hoops. Number 11 women's volleyball opens West Coast Conference play tomorrow against Gonzaga. That will be live on BYU TV. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, David Nixon joins us. How does BYU limit penalties and stay aggressive? BYU Sports Station is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, or Spender Liston and Jerome Jordan, live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Next Thursday, October 2nd, Men's Basketball Media Day, a special two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. We'll have Dave Rose, Kyle Collinsworth, Tyler Hawes, among others, on the program. We just announced on BYU Sports Nation at the top of the hour that BYU football has scheduled four games with the University of Massachusetts, two in Provo, two in Foxborough at the home of the New England Patriots. Now, I don't know that uh, what TV deal UMass is going to have as an independent. So I, it's only two seasons away when BYU plays UMass. I, I wonder what TV deal, what, you know, will be, what channel that game will be on. UMass in going independent in 2016, so they join the heralded independent conference. It's a rich tradition. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding, but back in the day, Penn State, Florida State, uh, Notre Dame still, of course, uh, independent. It was a thing that people did, and it was okay. Nowadays, obviously a little weirder. I don't know why you'd go independent from the MAC if you're UMass. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, I'd be interested to, to talk about that. So, they are part of the Atlantic 10 like and all of their only. other major sports. They are football only in the MAC, and so hmm. may, maybe they look at the BYU model and say, let's do what BYU is doing. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Army, the, I mean, Navy is going to be in the American in 2015. They're going to leave the... The Independent Conference. <laughs> the Minutemen and Cougars, scheduled from 2016 to 2019, four games, two in Provo, two at Foxborough, in Foxborough, rather, at the home of the New England Patriots, Gillette Stadium. Men's Basketball Media Day, also on the way. October 2nd, Dave Rose, Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth. You want to hear from those guys? You know where to be, BYU Sports Nation. Twitter question today. What... Who will lead the team, rather, in sacks for BYU football this year? The combination of Alani Fua and Bronson Kafusi or the rest Cal of Fua. the field? Yes. Now being called Cal Fua. Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Joining the show now, 
Y-Factor, and bold prediction oh. winner from Saturday, David Nix. David, you were two for two, man. What the heck? What happened? Hey. You know what? I, I decided to stop toying around with the rest of the crew and decided to finally just get my A game, and that's what happens when I put my mind to it, you know? I mean, it's just just no-brainer. No, it was, uh, it was fun, although I'm starting to see a trend. These offensive guys are winning the Y factor. I don't like it. Uh, every time, besides the first game of the year with Craig Bills, it's been a uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been an offensive guy every time. So, um, you know, I don't want to have to pick an offensive guy each week, but that's, uh, that's what it's looking like I have to do in order to win this Y factor. Business Arla- decisions. If Scott Arlano was available, he would have won. Yeah, it, it's true. He was available, but nobody just picked him. That was right. the thing. That's um, what I, I, there are people that are like, why isn't he va-? We used to do that. It doesn't work. Someone's got to win among you guys. Yeah, and, and as much as I love to give props to Scott Orlano, I, it's just tough to pick a kicker. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's Dave McCann's job. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's Dave McCann's job. <laughs> <laughs> David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Your bold prediction on Saturday was that BYU would not turn the ball over. That was a huge part of BYU beating Virginia. Having had the ball for only 19 minutes, they put up 41 points. What was the most impressive part of Saturday's game that you saw from BYU? Yeah, I think they were just very effective and efficient. When they did have the ball, which, well, like you just mentioned, was not for a long period of time, um, they, they were obviously efficient in what they did. And so I, I think this offense continues to get more and more efficient as the year goes on. Taysom's becoming more and more comfortable. Uh, he mentioned that uh, you know, on, the, on, the, on the Dan Patrick show today on their, on their radio show that he just feels more comfortable, more confident, uh, especially with the guys around him making plays. So um, the, the time disparity was exactly what I think Virginia came in the game saying, look, we've got to do everything we can to keep the ball in our offensive hand, keep Taysom you know, Hill off the field. Uh, and so what they, what they do, they had long, sustained drives. And, and granted, BYU's defense couldn't get off the field. Um, they gave up some, some penalties on third downs, gave up some long bombs on third downs. Uh, but you have to give credit to Virginia for their game plan coming in and what they were able to accomplish. But uh, all in all, um, like you said, when BYU did get the ball, uh, they, were, they were able to, to, to make it productive and, and get some points on the board. You mentioned the Dan Patrick Show appearance by Taysom Hill earlier this morning. Taysom was asked about how he got engaged to your sister, Emily. And he mentioned that the ring was with <laughs> a brother-in-law. Was that you? And if so, why didn't Taysom mention your name? Indeed, it was me and Taysom and I will have that conversation later on today. <laughs> this, is something, this is something that will not uh, go without being spoken about. I uh, am deeply offended. I carried this ring. Here's the, here's the story. He gave us the ring, and, and he gave it to my wife. He, did, he didn't trust me, so he gave it to my wife. And my wife, on the flight to Texas, would get up out of her seat because she brought it on with her carry-on. And she got, she'd get up and check the ring like every hour to make sure it was still in her purse above her head. Um, because she was that worried about it. And then I can't even get it mentioned. I mean, the, the, the care wow. that we took with that ring, I can't even get my name mentioned. Yeah, this is, this is definitely something I'll take up with the brother-in-law. You are the Frodo to Taysom Hill. <laughs> Don't ever, ever mention that again. <laughs> David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. We spent some time talking about the BYU pass rush. It was addressed by Bronco Mendenhall and Nick Howell. Bronco said, we need to get to the quarterback more. We need to make plays downfield. Nick Howell said, look, we're, it's been good enough. We're 4-0. We've knocked a couple of quarterbacks out. Where do you see the BYU pass rush right now, and how does it get better? 
Yeah, stats don't lie, right? And uh, BYU currently ranks 78th in the country in, in sacks. So obviously it's not Tied the par. with Alabama. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And it goes to show Utah's, I think, number two, right? So it's still tough to say don't early on the season. Don't mention them here. I know, but it's early on the season to show that like, a lot of it comes down to who you're playing, right? BYU's played Texas, uh, which, you know, obviously they were able to dismantle, but still had a, a decent offensive line, good athletes. Virginia, um, younger offensive line, but still good athletes. So, I, listen, I, I think a lot of it comes down. I mean, it's, it's obvious to BYU fans, to coaches, they know that this is a concerning, you know, an issue they've got to address, um, and I, I think they're doing it. But I think a lot of it comes down to, and, and people ask where, what's, go, what's gone wrong. I, I think a lot of it, to be honest, is is Bronson Kafusi, and, and uh, you, you hate to just peg one thing, but Bronson demands a double team every time he's out there on the field. He's that big of a body, he's that athletic that when he's coming off the edge, he demands that both the guard and tackle or maybe the tackle and the running back come chip him. But he demands more than one, one, one blocker. And, and when you do that, it frees up the other guys. And without Browns on the field, uh, then the opposing team can, can kind of do whatever they want with the, with the guys coming, right? And so I think that's why we've seen in the last few games not much of a pass rush. Um, you know, you look at the numbers, and, and Bronson, through two games because of his injury, has two sacks, and he ties for the lead on the team with with Alani. So, um, you know, I think once BYU gets him back, it will obviously be a, a huge addition. I think you'll see that the the quarterback hurries and and, and kind of pressure being put on the quarterbacks be, uh, it will be stepped up. Um, but I will say that with a high ankle sprain, which which Bronson has. I had one of those my senior years, and they are beasts. And and you never really do fully recover, to be honest. You you kind of have to manage mm. it the rest of the season, and it's uh, that that part worries me. Uh, but knowing how tough he is, and uh, and 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 kind of his mindset mentality, I think uh, he'll obviously be a great great addition back on the field. But um, don't be fooled; those those high ankle sprains are 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 a big mess, and they they hurt bad. And once again, it's tough to it's tough to function with them. But uh, at the same time, you know, I, I see BYU. That we we seen in the last game rotating some younger guys through. Troy Hines, Fred Warner got some great pressure, um, and so I think they're trying to toy with 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 some of these younger guys and and get them in and get them some action and, and just trying to rotate guys through and keep them fresh. I mean, especially against Virginia, right? I mean, BYU's defense was on the field for for obviously the majority of the game, so guys were tired and, and the, the pass rush just wasn't quite there. So. I think they're experimenting, and, and once again, we're through four games, and uh, hopefully they, they hit their stride, maybe take this bye week and really evaluate um, exactly how they can attack the opposing offenses to make sure uh, you've got more pressure on them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think part of it is inexperience. You're sending in, uh, say, Tautu, Teo Kautai, Jeremiah Leo Tadouyer, uh, Zach Stout. These guys, these guys are inexperienced. They're, br- they're bringing it, but this is kind of just the beginning for them. How do you stay aggressive – yet, uh, you know, minimize penalties and still be effective. Well, let me touch back on that point you just mentioned, and I think this is something people overlook, and I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, when you bring zone blitzes or man blitzes, there are so many specifics that have to occur in order to get the quarterback, right? I mean, if, if you're bringing a field blitz from, from the field, you've got the safety and the backer coming, the linebacker has to make sure he does his proper side which is he has to stay inside of, of any block, right? So the tackle flares or the running back comes at him, he has to make sure he stays inside that block to free up the safety or the corner coming outside of him. And when you've got these young guys, sometimes they get those big eyes and they're coming at the quarterback and they realize, man, I'm about to have a free shot. You know, let me just make a move on this tackle. And he, they, may, they may go outside. And I've seen a few of those busts so far this year where, where you have two guys in one gap blitzing outside um, and, and it disrupts everything. And so you're right. I, a lot of these young guys are still learning the system, and especially it comes down to being, you know, as Brocko will say, assignment sound on these blitzes. Because if one guy does not go his exact gap, 
the whole blitz goes for nothing. I mean, it, the, mm. they'll be, it'll be picked up really easily, and, and the quarterback will have all day. And I've seen that happen quite a few times this year. And, and once again, I think that's young guys being coached up, and those veteran guys, I mean, it's just second nature to know, hey, I've got to go underneath this tackle, or I've got to go underneath this running back because they've got a guy coming outside me blitzing. So um, that, and then, I, to be honest, looking at the film, I went back and watched that Texas game. You know, there are a lot of missed sacks. BYU, and we, we talked about this on, after further review on Tuesday nights, of, of the type of technique you have to have when you're coming on a blitz and the type of shoulder of the quarterback you have to attack, et cetera. And, and there's been some sacks left out there on the field. And, um, you know, Lonnie Fulham, Remington Peck, a few guys, just name, just name a few, that, that have missed out on some, on some great opportunities. So the, the pressure's there, um, you know, but uh, they've just got to fall through and, and actually bring them down. And hopefully once they start doing that, then those, those, those sack numbers start rising. Defensive coordinator Nick Howell did mention the four-man pass rush specifically needs to be better. So that's something that they will work on during the bye week. We're talking to David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today, David, is who will lead BYU in sacks this year? The combination of Alani Fua and Bronson Kafusi, affectionately known as Kalfua, or <laughs> the rest of the team? What do you think? Yeah, I have to go with Fua and Kafusi. I mean, once again, stats don't lie. Both of them tied with two. Uh, but the field is intriguing. I mean, you've got guys, especially with the way Dallin Levitt's playing, um, you know, this from the stage position, I can see them bringing a lot of safety blitzes to get him involved and. Uh, the way that he just kind of just throws his body around. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the rest of the – Zach Stout, those guys coming in on blitzes. Um, you know, he has a sack this year. So I, I, I have to go with Alani Fu and Kafuzi because I really do think, once again, in, in BYU's defensive scheme, it highlights and showcases those outside backers when it comes to blitzes and, and getting to the quarterback. Um, and so naturally the, the scheme's going to allow them to, to get more opportunities. But at the same time um, – you know, when you when you take the field, you got two guys versus versus nine, you know, ten, eleven others with subs, et cetera. Uh, I don't know, it's tough. But uh, once again, the stats don't lie. Those two guys have four combined, and the field has four. So I guess I guess you're right there. But um, I'm going I'm going with Kafusi and Fua. When you look at the pressure to win, you were on the 2008 team that had the quest for perfection in that whole deal. Did there come a point where the pressure was too much to win to stay Man. undefeated? It's funny you ask. I was thinking that the other night um, as far as the pressure on, on Taysom and, and this team. Uh, it, it is. It, it starts to mount quite a bit. And uh, it's funny because I remember we went and played Utah State my senior year, and we were blowing them out by like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And their, their, their fans started chanting to us, overrated. I remember that. Because <laughs> Utah State scored like 14 real quick. Yeah, they scored four. Yeah, exactly, on, on our backups. And so they started to chant overrated. I mean, I think we were ninth in the country at the time. Um, <laughs> classic and, Utah State move. Exactly. Yeah, classic. Yeah, Ben Bagley. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, listen, I, it is. It, it starts to mount because, especially with, with BYU and, and kind of local media and, and everything, you, you, the players, that's all you hear about is every day, oh, you guys, you know, quest for perfection. You guys going to be able to do it. You're going to be able to run the table. And then, you know, with, Tays, uh, with, with Taysom getting this Heisman talk, I mean, it's uh, it is it starts to mount, and I, but I, I can I, I'll tell you that this year's team, with the way they've approached each game, with with the true mindset of you know, just focus on this game. This game is our championship game. Um, I have to give the, the coaches credit to that to kind of keeping the guys focused uh, because it is it is so tough. I mean, everyone talks about going undefeated, and uh, yeah, they'll run the table. But man, you know, you got to realize that once you get ranked, every opponent you face from there on out. 
they are gunning for you. This is their Super Bowl, yeah. and and uh, that's what BYU has to face each week. They're coming. They're facing teams that have uh, you know, prepared for them and are bringing out their A game uh, for BYU. It's so hard to go undefeated. It's happened I mean, once in the history of BYU. Once. <laughs> yeah, twice in the regular season, but they lost the bowl game in 79. Regardless, it's really difficult, and ESPN has given BYU the best chance percentage-wise of going undefeated. It's still That's only changed 20... to Marshall now. Oh, has it changed to Marshall yeah, now? Marshall's number one by one percentage Interesting. point more. Okay, so BYU is right around twenty percent, and that's the one of the better chances in the country. Went up to twenty-five. Marshall twenty-six percent. How about that? Okay, David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. The quest for perfection. You know, I'm, I I feel like we should just ban that statement ever. Are, are, you, are you okay with knocking that statement 2. out? 2.0? Uh, Come on, man. I am. I, I, I am, especially because, once again, that was the motto for our senior, my senior year, and it was, it was kind of a tough motto to live up to, although Bronco, to this day, we would say, look, it wasn't about quest for perfection on the field. It had can't put more it on do a with, t-shirt. Yeah, it had, it had more to do with off-the-field things, but, but, I mean, obviously, everyone took it for what it was. Right. Um, so, I agree. Let's ban it. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things you just don't want to talk about. You don't want to jinx it, right? So you just kind of let it be and, and just kind of we, – we mentioned it, but I don't know if you put a slogan or a phrase to it. That is, once again, just adds more pressure to him. Taysom Hill's brother-in-law, David Nixon, joining us <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Sorry. We, we kid. Is Taysom mature enough to handle the increased exposure and the pressure of what he's dealing with right now? Yeah, most definitely. No, would you no, tell us if he wasn't? I, w- I honestly would. Okay. I, I honestly would. I, I, in, in having the relationship with Taysom that I have and, and spending a lot of time with him, um, the kid is very mature. The kid, he mentioned in the interview today he's, he's a confident kid. Not cocky. I wouldn't put it as cocky. He's a very confident kid with his abilities um, and with his teammates' abilities. And, and so uh, with that being said, you know, I, I think he is mature enough to, to handle what's going on. Um, and uh, it's funny because – Outside of, of you know football, um, you know we we have family barbecues, things like that together. We don't talk football at all. It's it's pure you know just whatever whatever the topic is, and uh, and that's kind of have to be with when you're when you're in the talk like Taysom is. Um, you kind of have to let football stay on the field, and then you need to release once you leave football. You, you need to just talk about other stuff, and um, you know, and, and so I think for him, it, it shows his maturity and the fact that he can leave it on the field, and then you know, spend his life how it is. And once he comes back to the field and practices next day, he picks it back up and, and keeps grinding. But um, I think he is mature enough, and, and, and I think he's handled himself greatly so so far uh, and will continue to do so. So my wife keeps telling me when I come home, can you talk about something <laughs> just, else? Just <laughs> leave it. Just leave it at work, Jerem. <laughs> you were there for like 18 hours. Come on. <laughs> David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Station. Great to talk to you. Next time I see Taysom, I will say, hey, you're the brother-in-law of David Nixon. Yeah, the one, yeah, you won't, you, you won't have to. I will have already addressed that. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, David. Penalties, you'll address it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, have we witnessed the end of the sellout era in college football stadiums? Depends what stadium. Michigan, yeah. Unless you buy Coke products. Holy cow. <laughs> That's up next on BYU Sports Nation. We go big deal, no deal. UMass. This is Alani Fua, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, sponsored in part by National Processing, credit card processing for your business needs. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Yes.
One lucky fan will win a trip for two to the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl. Cue the music. Or whatever BYU Bowl game goes to. With our BYU Sports Nation Take Your Fandom to South Beach contest. All you have to do is follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and then post a tweet using the hashtag BYUSNMiami. The contest ends October 4th. Why why are you wearing like a... A tank top? A tank top, yeah. I'm looking pasty, and, too. Well, that Good d- grief. Yeah, the, ra- the radio listeners <laughs> can't see this. Which, I would say, yeah, yeah. I, I would say this because it's not you. Yeah, let BYU Sports Nation, let's tweet a photo of that. This is a Travis <laughs> mockery. Huh? I don't know. One lucky, Travis. Yes. One lucky fan, trip for two. Just do it. Hashtag Miami. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. We have talked about the BYU pass rush. Just talked to David Nixon about that, how it gets better. He thinks Bronson Kafusi will make a major difference. And it's hard not to think that when he's 6'8 and he's at, as athletic as he is. Yes, and it broke at the top of the show. BYU schedules two home, two road with UMass, uh, 2016 and 17 in Provo, 2018 and 19 in November at Foxborough, Massachusetts, which is uh, Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play. November games in Massachusetts. Uh, Hashtag snow. (laughs) That's, yeah, look out. Steve Young, the great quarterback, uh, had something come up last minute. He will join us in the very near future to discuss the Taysman talk and why this BYU team looks special. And he he pointed it out very early. I had a conversation with Chad Lewis in Connecticut on the sidelines about something that Steve had told him during a phone call at the game. And, uh, yeah, you're going to want to hear that story. So Steve Young will join us as well. Nick Emery also headed back on his mission to Germany. Two successful surgeries to help the circulation uh, go through in his body and his arms better. And now he's headed back to Germany. Leaves in about two and a half weeks. You know what we should do right now? Yes. Big deal. No deal. National processing sponsorship of Big Deal, No Deal is a big deal. Credit card processing for your business needs. Here's how it works. We throw out a one-liner, and then Jeremy and I decide if it's big or not. Let's go. Number one, big deal, no deal. BYU has no sacks in the last two games. I say no deal because they're 4-0. They've won the football games regardless, and they've been without Bronson Kafusi. So, yeah, it's not that big of a deal to me because they haven't had their, all of their game changers playing. I get that, and they've had seven quarterback hurries, and there are other ways to quantify that. that, that. But big deal. You need some sacks, at least one. Those are drive killers. That could have prevented Virginia from scoring maybe uh, more points, and then the win looks bigger, and then you climb the poles a little more. That's, what that, that's why it's a big deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU wins last two games by only eight points each. Again, I say no deal. They're winning the games. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Is that why you play, too? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> eight points, okay. The eight-point win against Virginia doesn't feel that close to me. Now, I, I, they, they were up 15 very late in the game. Same deal against Houston. I, even though I, it was close, I never felt like BYU was in jeopardy. They just win the games, and they've done enough to be ranked number 20 in the country regardless. They still have national hype and whatever. Okay, moving forward, they have more chances to really impress. They're in a good place. You make good points. I'm going to make great points. Oh, God. It's a big deal because <laughs> there are people who vote— and we'll decide if BYU ends up getting in a New Year's Six, the committee. Not all of them are watching every BYU game. They might just look at the box score and say, oh, eight-point win. They didn't blow them out. 
They might lose at some point. It's important to win with style. Is, now, I've said my personal expectation is that's too much. But in terms of maximizing the opportunity, if you go undefeated, you've got to pound Houston and Virginia. You can't give up late touchdowns. You gotta win with style. If BYU's points. impressive late in the season, nobody cares if they beat Houston and Virginia but by listen, eight. But it might be, it might hold. I'm yelling. Yes, it might are. hold BYU out of the New Year's <laughs> six when there's a couple of these wins where they didn't blow them out. It might. Did you? So take blow your, them out. Did you take your medicine today, Jeremy? I don't have any medicine to take. <laughs> there's no medicine for what I have. <laughs> I got a fever. <laughs> Number three. Big deal, no deal. Taysom Hill's national hype train. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 yeah. hey. Hey, I'm on board for that. This is a big deal. He's been on Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and now will be on the Jay Moore show as well. He's talking to Jay Moore as we speak, I he, think. Well, first he was on BYU Sports Nation. Okay. Yeah, it's a big deal because the more we get his name out there in BYU – the more people start to pay attention. And they're rolling down the mountain right now. They're at number 20 in the country with a Heisman Trophy candidate as a quarterback. Yeah, national exposure is a big deal. It's a big deal because that means BYU is going to be seen. Highlights on SportsCenter, noticed. Uh, in conversation, on PTI. Steve Young is on PTI. Uh, all over the place to where people are thinking about BYU. And what does that mean? What, what does that actually mean? It means votes. Relevance. It means votes in the polls to get BYU into a good bowl game if they are undefeated. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Nick Hurts possible to play at, against Utah State. This is a big deal as well because he was balling out in fall camp. He helps the team. He demands attention because of what he can do. And I don't care that he's been in a boot. I mean, it's been a little bit slow Guess what? Just his presence, the fact that they have to game plan for what he could potentially do, alters the game. It helps BYU. No deal. I was also encouraged by how good he was in fall camp. However, I'm concerned. How in the world could he be in shape against Utah State, having sat out that much? I mean, you could do, uh, you know, get on the bike, you could swim, you could do all this stuff. But I mean, field uh, game ready for Utah State. That's not the game where I think he'll have a huge impact. I think it's on against Central Florida the next week. So I'll go no deal. I really want to see Nick Kurtz healthy before I really embrace that. Just one more thing for the Aggies to have to think about. Yes. Number five. Big deal, no deal. BYU has yet to sell out a home game. No. <laughs> Two games. No deal because it is the world of college football has changed. Everybody has a beautiful high-definition plasma screen, or you can go to Buffalo Wild Wings or any restaurant and, and watch football on seven different TVs and enjoy a meal. The convenience and how good production level has gotten makes it easier for a person to want to stay home and not spend the money to go sit in the sun and get sunburned or whatever. Okay, So there are more reasons for people not to go to the games. It's not a big deal. As long as people are watching you and the ratings are good, like you'll, the funds will come in in other ways. It's a big deal. How did Virginia not sell out? It's a whiteout. They're handing out T-shirts. It's a, oh, they're not in the afternoon anymore. That guy had to be there, you think. <laughs> How did that not sell out? BYU's ranked. Like, what more do BYU fans want? However, I understand that part of it. And I, I understand. If you're at home, you're like, oh, I got to watch Countdown to Kickoff. I got to be at home. But if you're in the stadium, you could watch it on your phone or your iPad or your Roku, what? Or your Android <laughs> or your whatever. No, it, I, maybe the era of sellouts is over. Maybe. 
Look at but look BYU's at, ranked. You got to sell it to stadium on a Saturday. Come on, a Thursday I get it. A Friday I get it. It could be worse. That brings us to our next big deal, no deal. Big deal, no deal. Michigan giving tickets away. <laughs> I, wow. Honestly, Ann Arbor, what honestly, I feel football? bad for Michigan. They are they have a promotion going with Coca Cola that if you buy Coca Cola products, you can get two free tickets, like seventy five dollar tickets to Michigan Minnesota. That that is a rivalry game at the Big House. What in the world? What is there a bye week that week? Like, could we go to that? Just go buy some Coke products and and go to the football game. That's ridiculous. I, I'll go big deal. That's huge. That's huge. You haven't. You're Michigan for goodness sake. I know they're struggling, but come on. Everyone jumps off the bandwagon. What kind of fans are those? Who's selling? Granted, out, they have a huge stadium. Who is selling out consistently? Oregon, Notre Dame, Alabama, Nebraska. SEC schools. SEC schools. Yeah, but Nebraska still is. They won nine games. They've been consistently good, but not great. Nebraska's football stadium is the third largest city in the state on game day. Did you know that? No. There's not much to do. Okay, Nebraska football. Right. Those are small towns. Yes. Like Provo is bigger than Lavelle Edwards Stadium. There are, there are more things to do Jordan in, yeah. in the Wasatch Front than just football, including another football team up north, the Fighting Pac-12s. Okay, so Didn't they sell out Idaho State? Let's their, not, their stadium's like, what, is it 45-50? It's not 63. <laughs> but still, on a Saturday, when you're ranked and you've got the Taseman, let's sell out. How does that not happen? I get it. Everyone's like a rich person now because you've got your big flat screen yes, on your couch. yes. It just It's just the dynamic has totally changed. At McMinn 5, buy three Cokes, and you can start for Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> that is a well-cogitated Very tweet. Nice. Our Twitter question today, who will lead BYU in sacks? Combination of Alani Fua and Bronson Kafusi, or the rest of the team use the hashtag BYUSN? Let's Who's, answer that later. Let's do that. Next. next. Fact, yeah, we'll do that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We are broadcasting in crystal clear radio vision on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, and on BYU TV. Tomorrow night, women's volleyball is live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern Time. The 11th ranked now Thank BYU you for women's volleyball that. team against Gonzaga. BYU has two losses on, on the season. Yeah. One against number four and undefeated Washington, the other against number seven Colorado State. That is good. Uh, it's live on BYU TV and BYU Radio, as called by Spender Linton, <laughs> according to the game notes. <laughs> Roy Sinton, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Roy's used to working. Our, our Twitter question today Who will lead BYU football in sacks? Bronson Kafusi and Alani Fua combined, or the rest of the team use the hashtag BYUSN? Jeterius Gully. Breaking news off the top of the show, BYU football announcing a four-game series with the University of Massachusetts Minutemen. Two games in Provo, two games at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, the home of the New England Patriots. In November, That's that's part of of the reason I think BYU signs up for this, is that you can cater to the Boston crowd, it's like UConn. It's, hey, hey, BYU fans in the Northeast, we're going to hook you up. New England, come on over. And it's at an NFL stadium. UMass will be independent in 2016. They are in the MAC conference right now as a football only. The rest of their sports are in the Atlantic 10. Will BYU so, be independent in 2016? Dun, dun, dun. Oh. 
Don't uh, start that again. Uh, yeah, now don't start that again. Exactly. Nice. Jungle Book. <laughs> Some other trending topics within BYU Sports Nation. We've talked a lot about the quarterback pass rush for BYU. They did not sack Virginia or Houston. No sacks in the last two games. 111 pass attempts. How much of a concern is that for the BYU coaching staff? Well, I can tell you it is a concern, but... The pressure was there against Virginia. Seven quarterback hurries, and they won both of those games. They're four and zero. Right? Yeah, wins. Win. Winning's great, but there are things to work on. To me, that's number two. We've ID'd the last two days. We've talked about the two penalties and the pass rush. Also, BYU basketball star commit Nick Emery had sur- he came home from Germany off of his mission had surgery to help circulation in his arms and in his shoulders. Apparently, it has gone too perfection because he's headed back to Germany, which is not a common thing. He is now headed back out on his mission. We're not sure what that will mean for his return to BYU basketball in the near future, but congratulations to Nick, and we're, we're certainly happy that things are working out for him. Uh, he comes from a very storied program at Lone Peak High School. Wait, are they good at hoops? Yeah. Have you not heard? I have heard. <laughs> BYU will field the Lone Peak Knights here in a couple of years. While we are talking about the pass rush, let's dive inside the Twitter question, and go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Who will lead BYU football in quarterback sacks? The combination of Kafusi and Fua or the rest of the field? At Heath Wads, Fua and Kafusi will draw a lot of attention. That said, I don't think you can stop both Cal Fua for the win. There yes, Cal Fua. At TNCom86, hashtag javelin. Kafusi slash Fua, they will find a way to get to the QB if they stay healthy. That's, a, that's a big if. And David Nixon, that high onca sprain, Bronson Kafusi will have to deal with that the whole year. Yeah, he said think. he never recovered from Jordan it. Jordan Leslie, I mean, just about every guy that's hurt minus Nick Kurtz has an ankle sprain. Right now, Bronson and Alani have combined for four sacks. The rest of the team have combined for three. Bro Lani? Bro Lani? Mm-hmm. Bro Lani? Al- Alonson? Bro Lani Kafua. <laughs> at Eric Biggert Kafusi will lead the team in sacks wait did we already read this one no No. at Michael Elisa 42 will lead the team in socks nice 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 play hashtag wordplay BYU football all access with Michael Elisa will air on Friday by the way this week we're going to ask Michael how are they adjusting how do you limit the penalties and pick up the pass rush on the quarterback up next the Cougar whip around and who deserves today's Rise and shout. I'm not sure yet. Is it Jerome? Perhaps Spender? Perhaps Nick Emery? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Frog in the throat. Help when you need it most. Welcome (laughs) back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. You know what time it is? (laughs) It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Golf. The men's team finished in 8th place at the Husky Invitational Tuesday. Senior Cole Ogden tied for 6th place at even par. The women's team finished the Cougar Cup in Pullman, Washington in 2nd place, led by Leah Garner's 1-under round, 3-round performance. Spencer? Women's Volleyball. Thank you, Jeremy. BYU ranked 11th in the latest AVCA poll. The Cougars host Gonzaga tomorrow night, 9 (laughs) Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let West Coast Conference play begin. Future guests. Hashtag Brian Logan Table. Takeover, by the way. Uh, Zach Nyborg, Craig Manning, and Camry Willardson. Zach Nyborg's the director of football operations. Craig Manning, the sports psychologist who's made a tremendous difference with the BYU football team. How many team name drops have we had oh. about that guy? He used to coach the women's tennis team, by the, here, uh, by the way, here. Camry Willardson, setter on the 11th ranked BYU women's volleyball team. And then Michael Elisa, of course, Friday. BYU football all access with Michael Elisa. 
Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo for hooking up the fans in the Northeast once again. Four-game series scheduled with UMass. The exposure on the East Coast should not be understated. Not every date you go on is with a really hot girl, okay? (laughs) UMass is not the hottest girl, but it's a date. And we need to fill 12 of them. And you're going to a five-star restaurant at Foxborough. Yes, you are. Right? Yeah. Paid for by someone else? Them? (laughs) Is it the girl paying? Is UMass paying for that? I I have no idea. (laughs) No. Tom Homo will join us next week to talk about the Taseman and Jim McMahon. How that all happened. His role in helping McMahon graduate from BYU and be inducted into the BYU Athletics Hall of Fame. Next week's a big week for the show as well. Uh, you mentioned Tom Homel, uh, BYU Basketball Media Day Thursday, two-hour edition of the show. Dave Rose, Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth on the show. And then Saturday, uh, 11 Eastern time, a one-hour special on a Saturday. Uh, we're calling it the, uh, or I'm calling it, the General Conference pregame. Countdown to conference. Countdown to conference <laughs> with Lloyd Newell dun, 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 from the conference center at Temple Square. Yes. I would love to have him in here doing that. Our Twitter question today, <laughs> who will lead the BYU football team in sacks? Combination of Fu and Kafusi, or the rest of the team. Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At PWNR1019. Fu and Kafusi, as long as they can stay without any more injuries. Yeah, that's always assumed. Without injuries, knock on wood. This is wood, so don't worry. At uh, RHS Grad 2014. Fu and Kafusi, they are too strong, too fast. What do you think? What's the answer to the question? Given what happened last year, I'm going to say the field. I'll say the field as well. I think the field's going to win. Hey, thanks to David Nixon and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. I, for once, said that without the music. Nice, I, dude. You know what? I just went early. <laughs> Still the waiting show for the music. Is there on is. demand. The reason we said the field is because last year, Kyle Van Noy and Alani well, combined for seven. The field went for 17. It's a long season. So, yeah. Jeremy and I are going with the field. The sh- Check out our show on demand, byutv.org slash DDR for Jerome. Jerem, I am Spender. Spencer, shout out to John Moala. Spender! BYU Sports Nation back to work at noon Eastern tomorrow. John Moala played basketball and football.